I'm Justin Snyder. And I'm Stephanie Greenwood Snyder. We're just an average everyday couple. But over the years, we've seen the incredible importance of building community together. We'll be talking with friends and experts about their stories and experiences to help us learn and grow. We don't want to just survive through life. We want to intentionally thrive. This is The Intentional Thriver. Welcome back to another episode of The Intentional Thriver, the podcast where we take a look at not just surviving in life, but thriving. And guys, we got a pretty special episode Mm -hmm. today. We have two amazing guests with us, Nathan and Justine Naomi. How are you guys? (laughs) Doing great, man. Doing great. It's a a little warm there in uh, Vegas, so I hear. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of an understatement. It is... uh, it's it's very Sweating. warm. Tomorrow will be one fourteen, but man, okay. we're, uh, All right. we're 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 used to it. Been here for ten years, and so I think wow. we're fantastic. We're, we're, oh, per- yeah, yeah. Perfect sunbathing weather. All right. That's right, man. Yeah. That's right. Twenty four seven. Get crispy real quick. Yeah. That's right. You can suntan at night. It's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Yeah. So for those who know the show, we always like to start off by saying a few things mm-hmm. we appreciate and admire about our guests. Um, let's see, man. So Nathan and I. Know each other from college days, so a yep, little, little throwback. We actually uh, both served together on leadership for our yep. fraternity back in the day. Wow, yes. crazy times, crazy, crazy times, times back then. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, something I've always uh, appreciated and admired about um, Nathan, just like how genuine he is. Um, and you know, Nathan's a, a pretty cool guy. I mean, you know, if people see, right. he's all right. He's all right. But no, Nathan always had a really great, yeah. you know, soccer star, all these things, yeah. but um, always had like a really great ability to connect with people and be just very genuine. I've always respected right. that and admired that. And I mean, that's a big part of what you do right. now as well. Um, Justin, I, Justine, I can't, uh, I mean, you got a great name. I can we say that, you know, you, you and I didn't know. <laughs> Stephanie, do you want to? Yeah, we knew each other a little bit and just kind of passed, passed by each other. You know, my sister a little more, but just, um, again, genuine as well. Yeah. I think I think when in the culture that we were, when we knew each other, it was it didn't breed a very genuine personality. So when you saw that, it really did stick out. And I did notice mm-hmm. that about you as well. And just kind of uh watching you on social media and seeing your beautiful family and just like how you're now serving yeah. um uh, in leadership right at your church is just uh just so breathtaking yeah. and i'm just so excited to just chat with you guys about this yeah no so. we're thanks again for taking the time we're, we're super yeah. excited can you start us off by just talking a little bit about you guys who you are your your backgrounds yeah. maybe throw in how many kids you have at some point <laughs> yeah. maybe i mean yeah. if they're important enough we'll to talk about <laughs> We'll leave that up to you guys. We'll, we'll probably do that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the Detroit area, born and raised in, in, in Detroit, Michigan. Don't start um, singing. Don't I, start singing. I will not okay. quote Eminem, um, even though I really want to. But uh, yeah, grew up in Detroit, moved to South Carolina to go to school. And that's where Justine and I met. Um, and always had a passion for ministry, even at, as a young age. Um, just I, I didn't have a desire for anything else. It's kind of crazy. People always ask me, how did you get in? What did you do? What was the call? Um, I, I felt like it was a call at a young age that wow. there was nothing else I desired. And so I wanted to really pursue that and tap into that. Um, grew up in a Middle Eastern home. Uh, my parents were uh, uh, born and raised in Baghdad, Iraq. And moved, <sighs> to, moved to Michigan. Um, they actually met in Michigan. Got married in 80, 85, 86. Oh, really? 
Yeah, grew up in a multi-ethnic home. Uh, the church I grew up in was Arabic-speaking worship, youth group, preaching. So good. And so, English was your second language. Yeah, English was, is my, was, is my second language. Um, I, I had to take ESL classes all the way to sixth grade. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and so there were some challenges there, you know, sure. academically, pretty much my whole life, um, even going through high school and all of that. But yeah. just yeah. just came to know Christ at a young age in that church and really had a passion to want to go back and start an English ministry at, 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 in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, God had a different call on my life. Um, you know, I, one of the things I tell people all the time is being in the South for six years, not not as long as, you know, growing up in, in Michigan, but there's a church on every single corner. Mm-hmm. And I just had a desire after seeing that to be in a place where there's not a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. There's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of churches. And I think through that encounter, through that experience, through that understanding, um, was, was prompted to, by God, to move to Vegas. Um, my best friend in school, his, his name's Rodney. Um, Hi, and he's, he's, uh, Justine's brother who serves with me as one of our lead pastors nice. as well. And, um, we always envisioned in school talking about that, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we got into ministry together? And we're always like, there's no way that's not going to happen. And, um, <laughs> And that's another story in and of itself, but um, you know, through, through him and, and another pastor who would come to to our school and really invested in, in me and Rodney. We met him because one of Justine's best friends went to school for a semester and then she dipped Between out. Toilets. She dipped oh, out. Nice. She's like, she's like, you know, this is not for me. <laughs> but 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 through that, the, her, her dad um, really invested in us and then eventually really told us that he's planning a church in Vegas and wants us to, to get involved. And. Um, the conversation that I had with Justine after getting that phone call was really interesting because she's a methodical process, pray, think through type of person, which I think is important. We yeah. balance each other. Oh, absolutely. I'm impulsive. I'm impulsive. Justine says, Hey, we should trade in our car and get a Honda CRV. And I'm coming home with a Honda CRV, that type of impulsive. Unfortunately, but yeah. That happens. Um, but that's, but it's, yeah, Got that's, it that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. But, but we, when I had that conversation with, with, the pastor that was moving to Vegas and he said, Hey, um, want you to move out. You'll be on our church planting team. Um, I want you to be the next gen pastor overseeing student ministry and we'll see what happens if our church grows, if it thrives yeah. through that in there. Thanks. Yeah, man, I got you, bro. They said we can't pay. You. Yeah. He said, we can't pay. I can't pay you. Um, no. you're going to have to pay your own way out here. You're going to have to get a job. Oh, and if, if we, you know, if it grows, if people come, then we'll see what happens. Maybe we can bring you on full time. But I don't even know what that looks like. And so I talked I talked to Justine and I'm like, there's no way she's not going to, you know, she's not going to go for it. And I just had the conversation with her and I explained everything to her. And she's like, yeah. let's do it. And I, wow. that's when I knew I'm like that. That's that's. Yeah. Because you guys weren't not, married yet. Right. No, we were married. Oh, you we were. were? Married. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, they, oh kind of, they, were, they were married. The end so. of my masters, but in the middle part, yeah, we couldn't do the long distance thing for too long. So yeah, we got married halfway through. We got yeah, um, we got we got married, and yeah. um, we just we packed up our May of 2014, our mm-hmm. our 96 Camry at the time, filled it up with as much stuff <laughs> as we could. Yeah, we did pay cash. We filled it up yeah. with as much stuff yeah. as we could, got rid of everything else, and we drove out from Greenville, South Carolina, yeah. to. Las Vegas, yeah. Nevada, and um, have been here ever since. And uh, we've got three kids, all Vegas born. We like to say that because that's kind of a big mantra here. Yeah. Um, when the Vegas Golden Knights came, and they're they're like the first our ever Vegas born team. Uh-huh. So they're all born. All of our kids. Our oldest is Rome, and he's seven. Niema, which is Grace in Arabic. 
Oh, um, nice. Our, she's our uh, middle child, and, and she's got me wrapped around her finger. Um, but she's five. And then Zaya, which is Arabic, Arabic for light, and that was my grandfather's name. Uh, he's three. Mm-hmm. He's, he's crazy. He's our little miracle baby. Yeah, Aww. he came five weeks early, seventeen wow. birth, and he's what? a NICU baby. Yeah, oh so goodness. he survived. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. he's the craziest one. He's very great. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. will say this real yeah. quick. I will say this to, real quick as well. Kind of part of our story is really neat in that um, when, when we moved out here, I had to do the bivocational thing. And that just means I had to do both ministry and work a full-time job mm. uh, until, you know, until something happened. And uh, the church that, that I lead at now that is, that's, that's part of really our church. Um, I used to clean toilets. I did that for three years. I was their janitor for three yeah. years. And I worked and, at the preschool. Uh, and Justine worked at the preschool. Oh, and, wow. And it's neat. to It's kind of a full circle moment in that, yeah. you know, I'm on the executive team now, one of the lead pastors. And it's wow. it's, it's just amazing. And that's just a longer story. Um, but yeah. but we were able to see God's providential hand in every step of the mm-hmm. way. It was a difficult journey. It was tiring. There was a lot of uncertainty. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But man, God was so faithful in every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Every awesome. step of the way. Were there ever times where you were like cleaning toilets and you're like, why was I called to yes. this? Okay. Yes. <laughs> but Absolutely. I am. Okay. Oh, Justine was probably so tired of me in that season oh. because I think almost every day I would come home and I'm like, what, what, what is not this? what I was making. Like, what is, what is this? You yeah. know? Yeah. But it was a it was a it was a season where God really shaped a lot of things within my life, taught mm-hmm. me about mm-hmm. things that I needed to work on confidence, discontentment, mm-hmm. pride, yeah. ego. Oh, I bet. Stuff we, we guys deal with a lot mm-hmm. and um, it was a it was a refining season, I think, yeah. and and that prepped me not only to mm-hmm. to plant our church but at the same time to be grateful for where I am now because of what I used to do. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then how about for you, Justine? Yeah. I guess we share a lot of the same story, but I guess going further back, um, we've yeah. been enjoying girls podcast. We started at Aww. the beginning, but just hearing your roots and like, Justin, you, um, you come from a military background too, and a big family. I was like, that's eerie close because there's seven kids in my family. Are there really? And yeah. Wow. We traveled oh, up. the stories Army. we could tell. Yes. <laughs> what number are you? Stuff. I was like, I'm second oldest out of the seven. Okay. I'm the oldest right. girl. You're, you're so higher up girl. the food chain. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's exactly. a very different experience from seven yeah. of eight. Sure. But. Yeah. We almost talked like we had two families. It was like the three oh, yeah. and then there's a four year gap and then the four were raised, you know, differently. Or the five. Can't do math. Right? Uh, yeah. But, we got you. Um, yeah. <laughs> something in there. Yeah. yeah. Something around there. So yeah. Kind of had the same roots. Um, but yeah, growing up, I always, before I went to college, I knew I wanted to study music. And so mm-hmm. I studied piano at um, school I went to where we met. But I was just like, man, I really don't want to, I don't want to marry someone in ministry. Like I grew up in ministry. It's hard. Oh, really? And yeah. I was People like, in ministry no. are the worst. Yeah. But, then, <laughs> but then your boy slid into her DMs. And- yeah, I was, no, we met over here. <laughs> Other people wouldn't know what Bible conference was, but we met during Bible conference at our school. Whoa. Anyway, ping pong, and then it was over. But anyways, I was like, Well done, Nathan. Well done. No. No. Not going to date someone that wants to be in full-time ministry. Like, I'll I'll always serve. I'll always have a heart for God. But, you know, it's just... It's not what I'm going to do. That's yeah. so when, when we met. He was like, yeah, I'm Christian Ministries. We actually talked like, about that, yeah? I was like, ooh. I remember <laughs> talking. I was like, maybe Strike I can work one. with Maybe I can talk him out of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got out of it. I love it. 
it was funny because I mean, even though I didn't like that title in ministry, right. just because that's such bad connotation for me. Yeah. Uh, when we were dating, we served really faithfully at our local church and mm-hmm. we were just one of their leaders for the kids. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, man, even if I don't like that title, we're in ministry, yeah. <laughs> whether it's full time, whether it's paid, whether it's not paid. That's right. Um, right. So, yeah, that was just a little background for me. And then coming out, um, I think you covered most of it. Yeah. But yeah, we're here now, almost 10 years later. 10 we years later. Celebrated 10 years we recently. Planted, we planted. Anniversary. And our anniversary was, yeah, so mm-hmm. we celebrated 10 years. And then our church, um, our, our campus, which is now, uh, which at the time was a was an autonomous church plant, we planted that church. Um, and our sending church is in Las Vegas, Shadow Hills Church. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. But then our lead pastor who planted the church took over as senior pastor of Shadow Hills. Oh. Because their pastor was retiring. Oh, wow. And so after that, we kind of had a conversation back late 2017. Hey, what does this look like for us? What do we want to do? And we just agreed that I would take over as the teaching pastor at our North Campus now and, and become a campus. And, um, you know, we celebrated our campus, what, eight years now? We, is, that, is that right? Easter, Jesus. We launched at a We launched at a hotel and casino for three years. Oh, nice. my Lord. That was amazing. Uh, Playing the amazing. slots, oh, man. Like, Going to church. Bro, and, yeah, a lot of people came to see our signs. Bro, those tides. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> it was it was it was an amazing season of of so much life change and so many awesome stories, so many amazing encounters. Um, so we did that for three years. Launched May of 2015, and then we moved to a high school when we became a campus of Shadow Hills Church. Um, and we did that for a year, and then COVID kicked in, and they kicked us out. Um, wow. all churches, all church plants that were meeting in public schools were just kicked out during that season. Really? And so we're just, I'm I, what for like three to four months is trying to find a place to meet. We're like, okay, do we shut down and just become one campus and merge with our Summerlin campus? It's a very large, uh, campus. And, and but it is ironic is that whole time we were looking for a permanent space yeah. and it finally came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally came. yeah. It finally came. So we have a, uh, a storefront, which is amazing. Um, for, it's a small storefront, 4,500 square feet. Wow. Um, we can fit maybe a hundred people in there, but pack it out to services awesome. and, um, it, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And so, so we celebrated, weird. yeah, we celebrated our anniversary as a church. Um, and, and so it's been great. It's been an amazing yeah. journey. That's awesome. awesome. For, for those of you who are like, man, these are some, these are some cool kids. Like <laughs> I want to follow them. They do have Instagrams. Uh, we do. Nathan's is at Nathan Naomi and then Justine's. Right. I don't know if with Instagram I have to say at, but but I'm like a 90 year old man. Well, so you. I'm going to say it. So like thank on the www dot, <laughs> no, Nathan has at Nathan Naomi and then Justine is Justine underscore Naomi yeah. on the gram, or you can check out shadowhills.org forward slash north. All right. Yeah. Shameless plug. Got it in there. All right. Move That's on. Let's so cool. let's talk a little bit. Okay, so you guys serve in Vegas. Yes. Um, I'm sure I'm the only one who thinks this, <laughs> but when I hear Vegas, you know, again, I I think a lot more um like glitz, glam, money, you know, I, I think of a lot of like materialism. I think a lot of yeah. maybe excess, maybe I, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, I, I kind of think of that high life kind of vibe. Very um, like uh, vacation, you know, like short burst, you know, go go spend money, you know. Kind yeah, of thing. and I mean, again, that's not, not real life. That's not just like mm-hmm. you know, Vegas doesn't have like no. the hold on that market. That is a very right. prevalent thing. I mean, can you guys talk a little bit about 
especially working in in a ministry and things like that like do you see that like do you feel like as a culture that we're kind of heavily driven or motivated by materialism i guess that's kind of a loaded question yeah you know it's funny because we're actually staying on this trip next week we're doing a staycation and it's so great you don't have to drive anywhere the strip is right there lots of communities it's so much more than that yeah but tell me about when we're in the south though what do you want me to say i don't know what to say do you remember uh, we were yes. about to come out, and there was this older lady at our church that pulled me aside. Oh, yes, and she yes, said, yes, yes. I'm going to be praying for your husband. I was like, Really? That's great. But, like, why? And she goes, Man, there's so much temptation in Vegas. I'm just, I'm really hoping your marriage stays together. And I just looked at her, and I was like, Ma'am, there's there's sin everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. You know, Vegas, maybe it's just more in your face, but, man, yeah. that stuff happens everywhere it's really what i tell people all the time is that it's just you know there's they're sin everywhere but we just billboarded a little bit more here mm-hmm. i think that's really what it is yeah. um but the, but the whole the whole aspect of materialism i think that's that's a very prevalent and and real thing that i think we deal with culturally so mm-hmm. across the u.s mm-hmm. as a whole um but but i do think to an extent specifically being on the strip there's a lot more of that you know mm-hmm. you, can, you can get your quick fix can um, get married and get divorced anytime you can, you know, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a lot of that. And, and the, the, um, the desire to want to accumulate, and I'll talk a little bit more about this uh, later on, but the desire to want to accumulate more yeah. is, is a real thing where people mm-hmm. are driven by the desire to want, want to get, to want to be, to want status. to do, to, you know, status, what I have, what I look like, um, how much I own. It, it really is. It, it's a, it's a big thing because the, the industry here is kind of, um, shaped to be that way. And so, um, we, we've seen that even, even in our church, you know, where, where people are, um, following a specific trend and making sure that they're, you know, students wanting to gain the approval of others. And so I would say materialism isn't only trying to gain things, but it's also trying to be someone that you're not. That's good. That's good. Um, it, it, it really is. And so coming into the scene, planting a brand new church, um, and, and dealing with that type of culture has really allowed us to even reevaluate ourselves and to see if we might have some of that within our own lives as well. And so we're trying to train our family and our kids to um, not be known for how much we get, but how much we can give. Wow. And so we practice rhythms even within our own home. Um, mm-hmm. Through all of that, we've come to realize that um, materialism is a thing that we struggle in within our Western culture. Mm. I think it's, it's, it's something that's, that's just very prevalent all over the place. And, mm. Um, being in Vegas does open your eyes to see more of that, but by the same token, um, I, I really do think um, it's it's all over. Um, yeah, I think. Well, earlier we were just talking about like teaching our kids that at an early age, and um, we don't want to be like Grinches. But last right. year we we're like, guys, you're gonna get like one thing. And, you know, they're spoiled on both sides of the family. Oh. So um, to them, they're like, oh, one? Okay. And we had given them a trip. You know, it's not like we deprive okay. our kids. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we take them to Disney, mm. just one state over. Um, but that Christmas, we were really intentional about, like, blessing a refugee family at that oh, time. Nice. And just having the kids pick out things and yeah. going to the oh. store and being yeah. like, hey, that's not for you. What's something that you would buy for yourself? Yeah. I think that's just ingrained at an early age. It's mm-hmm. not, and it's hard because we've seen that in churches, yeah, um, sure. teaching people even just about like donating and tithing, right? Like at, at an adult stage, that's just such a foreign concept to be like, wow, that's a lot, you know? 
But mm-hmm. yeah, we've been trying to be intentional about that, even it's, in our own family. It's greater to it's we, we've seen at least for us, and we see this. You know, it's a biblical principle, but it is. It's greater to give than to get. Absolutely. And we we, we want to live by that. Now, are we perfect at it? Absolutely not. Right. But we 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 definitely strive to be. So. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. So you live in a place where just like you said, billboards everywhere telling you you need more, you need this and that. How do you balance financial stability? I mean, you're your parents, right? So you need to be financially um, stable. But how do you balance that with the the desire to not be overly consumed with with uh, stuff and materialism in your life? I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about Matthew 6. Matthew 6 talks a lot about, uh, you know, the great principle Jesus says, don't store your treasures in, on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really what he's saying is don't stockpile things right. for yourself. And um, I think one of the greatest things that we learned as a society in the COVID era is that we live in a very individualistic society mm-hmm. where it's really all about me. It's about my wants, my need, my needs, my desires. Of course, we see it a little bit more here in, in the West, dealing in a post-Christian culture, um, you know, where it's very individualistic, where it's about me and my family, my kids, yeah. my territory, my home, uh, nobody else. And um, I, I think the, the, the need to want to accumulate more for yourself comes from this lie of scarcity, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's, that's the issue. The issue is not that we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. I think the issue is that we don't trust that we do have enough in Christ, mm-hmm. at least for us. Yeah. And when, when you when you live that way, um, you begin to live life for yourself. And it's actually really miserable to live that way. It's mm-hmm. extremely miserable to live to just accumulate thing for, things for yourselves um, when you believe this lie that, man, I just don't have enough. And so if I don't have enough, then I'm going to try to store up as much toilet paper as possible. Yeah. I'm going to try to uh, uh, get as many water bottles and sanitizer so much so that it's going to affect other people that probably needed a lot more than you do. Right. I mean, we, I, I think of so many times where as a church, we had to step out and go to um, um, uh, the elders' homes and try to take things to them because they'd be like, we're at the grocery store, but we don't see anything and we really need this. But it's because Families would go in there and take more than they need. Yeah. Again, it's that lie of scarcity. It's believing that you just don't have enough. It's this paranoia and panic that causes you to only think about your needs, your wants, your desires. And Jesus says it in Matthew 6. Like, man, your, your issue is not that you don't have enough. It's that you're not trusting that I'm enough for you. Mm-hmm. And when you live that way, it really changes your perspective. It not only changes the way that you live, it changes the way that you give. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you don't give because you, you have to, you give because you get to. And yeah. so um, that, that's, that's really changed our lives, even in the aspect of giving generously. Um, you know, I, I, I even think of, man, going back a little bit and even thinking to myself, of even when I was younger, the, the, um, the, the importance of just giving to others. For us, we talk a lot about tithing, um, sure. but Justine was really the one that kind of honed in on that and, and really taught me the aspect and the importance of it when it comes to it's so funny he was like in his uh minister ministry classes yeah, i was yeah. like you're a hypocrite you haven't taught absolutely 100 <laughs> it's like we had to teach him that but yes. i think in our family the word stewardship i think of like budgeting and i mm-hmm. like i have to be the bad guy i i run our budget but so, um i think <laughs> in <laughs> yes someone else but like in american culture like we we live outside of our means and it's really like normal because 
I have this friend who's like foreign exchange, like, but it's a teacher and she um, is only here on a teaching visa. But she, um, she's like, you know, I just am so surprised that people like buy so much things just because they can. And she's like, I only need this much to survive. And like, I'm going to send this back to my home. I'm going to bless my family. It's not my money. It's God's money. Mm. And I was like, whoa, what if like people in America live that Mm. way? Like within your means and not, you know, stacking up on the credit cards. Right. Uh, But yeah, that's a biggest thing. Kind of like living outside your means because you want that status. You want that instant instant gratification. It's, Mm. it's a, and there's a pastor that really wrote a a couple of really good books on that. His name is John Mark Comer. And he, uh, he's from the Portland area. He wrote a book called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm. And I would highly encourage anybody to read that, but it's, it's a powerful book that talks about the fact that we in the Western world live in this state of hurry. Like, Mm. It's funny because when I was reading, he, he talks about the fact that, man, he says, you know, the other day um, I was driving to work and um, I couldn't even make a full stop at the stop sign <laughs> because I'm in such a hurry. And I'm like, bro, yeah. that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what in the world? Yeah. That's me. Like, and, and I'm like early. I'm not even late, but I just, I, we, we live in this state of hurry because, mm-hmm. I mean, even commercialized, you need to this. Yeah. You have to purchase this. If you don't purchase it. You're missing out. Yeah, you need this, and if you don't have it, then you're not going to be part of that that crowd or, or that team or that tribe that you really want to be be a yeah. part of. And when you just slow down, when you stop, when you process, when you think, mm-hmm. um, you begin to realize that man, there's a lot of things that I I want, but I don't necessarily need, um, which allows me to live a lot more generously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of something that we're teaching ourselves all the time and that's- growing in. That's amazing. Nathan, you you were mentioned earlier about like the, the dissatisfaction or the emptiness that kind of comes with like the pursuit of that. Like if that is your goal, like I'm just pursuing that stuff or I'm pursuing that status or whatever it may be like the, the dead end, the emptiness that that kind of leads you with, like going to the end of that trail, spending all this time, getting all this stuff and then being like, and eh, am, am I really happy? Is that bringing the happiness to yeah. me? Yeah. C- can you talk a little bit about how you um, address those feelings or how someone could, who's, who's maybe gone down that road and they're getting to that yeah. point or like, man, how do I course correct off this? Like, yeah, you know, so good. how do you address those, those feelings and those, that emptiness? So good. Number one, it's, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, n- number two, you know, we're after joy. We talk about that a lot, even in our mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Um, joy is not contingent on my circumstances. Right. I could have a horrible day, but if I'm truly joyful, it's choosing to trust that God is good despite the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it goes outside of what I'm facing and it allows me to, to, to shift my perspective um, so that even if I'm in a difficult situation, I still have joy. Now, emotions... Happiness is an emotion, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely not a bad thing. In fact, our church right now is going through a series called Summer Playlists. We're going through the Psalms, <laughs> and it's been amazing, but the Psalms talk so much about emotions. Emotions yeah. are a beautiful thing. It's an important thing. Mm-hmm. Emotions can sometimes get us in some difficult and terrible situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we saw what that looked like in the 2016 elections, but I'm not going to go there. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, you know, emotions are a good thing, but I, but if we're driven by our emotions, if we're chasing after wanting to, to be happy, what's going to happen is, I like to say it like this, you know, if what makes me happy as a pastor is putting all of my eggs in preaching and teaching, leadership, administration, 
um, um, discipling, leadership development, all of those things, someone is going to come into my life at some point and do things better than me. Oh, yeah. And what's going to happen is if I'm focused on that and gaining happiness from that, then I'm going to go to, to – to this downward cycle of depression, anxiety, mm. and it's actually going to drift me away from my actual full purpose, which is to live for God yeah. in every aspect wow. of my life. And so joy is, is a different, completely different uh, focal point for us. It's, mm. you know, even if life is difficult, um, I'm choosing to trust that God is good. I, I've had to do, you know, as a pastor, I've got, you've got to do celebration of life services and, and funerals and all of that. Mm. And, um, you know, th- th- those are difficult, but I've seen, I've seen family members lose loved ones at a, at a young age and it's been extremely difficult, but yet because they know where that person is because mm-hmm. of the decision made to trust in Christ, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they're still joyful. Now, now are they mourning? Are, are they, are they weeping? Is it difficult for them? Yes. But even though they're in that circumstance, they're still choosing to trust that God is good. So it's a choice that I make every single day when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to, to choose joy today? That even if something happens that I don't want it to, that even if I have to deal with an issue with a staff member or a disgruntled church member or mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, issues in, in or around the house, mm-hmm. um, that I could still rejoice in that. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's kind of how we we navigate through that um, specific thing um, so when it comes to joy. Not I wouldn't even say over happiness, but but yeah. but focusing on joy and letting happiness be the filter of that, yeah. the byproduct of that, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I, I love how you say that we can still embrace our other emotions, right? We God yeah, did absolutely. give us a whole spectrum of emotions. And so I think it's just beautiful how you can appreciate those. There's a place for those, but it always comes back to your focal point of that joy aspect. Yeah. Something you said earlier, especially about uh, clean toilets and then coming you know, to a head pastor position is gratitude and being thankful mm-hmm. for where yeah. you've come yeah. from and what yeah. you've experienced and stuff. So how, how, besides that, how have you seen gratitude play a role in cultivating a sense of true joy, true yeah. happiness, yeah. not the artificial or superficial That's a good question. Uh, happiness? Yeah. I think, uh, I think Justine can, can shed some light on this a little bit more too, but, um, number one, I'll say this, uh, I can clean a toilet really well now. Nice. Hey. Not going to lie. Yeah. So if good you, you skill know, set. It's a great skill set. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. We'll but, do a uh, podcast on that next. That, yeah. How to thrive while Stay cleaning toilets. to that one. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But, um, you know, gratitude is an interesting thing. I, I like to say that, that gratitude might not change your circumstance, but it can definitely shift your perspective. Mm. It, it really can. Um, and I think that's that's the beauty of, of gratitude, that even if I'm in a difficult situation, um, I can choose to, to still be grateful mm-hmm. for where I am and what I get to do, not minimizing right. any situation, even if it's something difficult. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not ignoring it. We don't even see that in scripture, that, that word of minimize or ignore anything that we're facing. We're actually supposed to attack it head on address and even ask questions as to why we're going through what we're going through. But that's a, that's another that's another thought. But, but gratitude is beautiful because um, it, it doesn't change your circumstance, but but it definitely shifts your perspective mm-hmm. uh, to cause you to to be able to see really everything that's going on and in around your life that's actually good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it, it it changes the way you think. It changes the way you live. It even changes the way you love and, and the way you work. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's one thing that's that we talk about a lot. To, yeah, we I think when going through tough times just remembering 
or even going through past yep. journals, like, man, God brought us through so much. Yeah. And we'll talk yeah. about sometimes like, we're like, remember when we didn't have enough, we didn't have jobs. So they wouldn't give us that apartment. So we had to take a picture of our savings for collateral to uh-huh. be like, Hey, take a chance on us. Yeah. And like, we would, go to the grocery store we had like $20 it was like a game to see like what could we buy this week to survive like for breakfast lunch and dinner and just remembering those times and then my present circumstances I'm like oh well God you know he brought us through then and he's never let us starve or go you know without a house and he's not gonna stop being faithful now yeah and so those are always good times for us to remind ourselves when we're going through a storm I think it's important to go back in time you know, we do that a lot, right? We want to look at past experiences. We look at pictures from the past and we, we, we're grateful for it. And um, I think the same is true when we're in a difficult season, when we're in a rough patch, when we're in a circumstance that's actually absolutely difficult and we're thinking to ourselves, how are we going to overcome this? And I think it's something that we see in scripture mm-hmm. that Jesus is always telling people to, to go back in time, even in the Old Testament, you know, yeah. before he gives the law. Yeah. To, to the nation of Israel, he reminds them, he says, before I give you these list of commandments and ways in which you should live, I want to remind you who I am. I'm the God that just freed you from the hands of the Egyptians. Right. Yeah. And so as a result of that, it's time to obey. He doesn't say, no, time to obey. You got to do, you got to try, you got to be. Right. He says, no, no, remember who I am. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm steadfast in love, that I'm abounding in, in, in steadfast love yeah. and grace. And, and that's who I am. And that's what I've done for you. As a response to that, live for me, you know, yeah. and, and Watch how you can live your full potential as a human if you, if you do that. Mm-hmm. And, and so going back in time allows us to shift our perspective so that we can care for the needs of others. And there's so much strength in that, that in a season of difficulty, when you're caring for the needs of others, even though you're dealing with something difficult, God not only shows up in some amazing ways, but, but at the same time, it allows you to think that, man, it's okay to not be okay because I know yeah. my God's still right. I, I know he still does. So. You know, it, it feels like with the presence of social media as yeah, well yeah. In, in our culture, how much easier it can be to compare ourselves to what other oh, people man. have and what they don't have. And, and like you were saying earlier on, like even just that that status mm-hmm. component, you know, um, mm. I don't know what like as people who are active on social media, like do, do you guys ever struggle with that or have to work through that? The, that comparison of like, oh man, you know, they look like they've got it all and they've got all this stuff. And yeah, man, yeah. you know what I mean? Like how, how do you navigate through that and trying to find like, that? like contentment? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys never struggle with it, but there might be someone out there who yeah. might. <laughs> In our relationship, I think Absolutely. I struggle more as a woman. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, I, don't know. But, I feel like externally, I've asked you guys. Maybe, maybe you voice it more. <laughs> maybe you're more in tune with your emotions in that there way. Maybe go. I'm just brave and can admit it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do. I totally do want to take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes I'm feeling so great and I'm like, man, yeah. like I'm doing awesome. And I see someone who's doing more awesome, yeah. you know, and I can steal my joy sometimes. But I think for ministry, just because a lot of people will reach out to me and I can connect with people through social media, mm-hmm. I've never given it up. But recently I have taken a step back and just, I'm like, okay, being more present with my kids mm-hmm. and not always posting my highlights, mm-hmm. um, maybe posting more real life stuff. Sure. But I didn't really struggle with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's an epidemic in the lives of so many pastors. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really do. Yeah. Because we live in the age of post your one minute video clip and watch the likes, watch the subscribers, watch the mm-hmm. um, watch the shares and, and, and watch watch you, you go viral. 
and you've got a lot of pastors that are doing some amazing things for the kingdom, but don't really have the uh, means to be able to do what others are doing. And so mm-hmm. social media, the beauty of social media is it projects a part of you that's probably not real. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we've seen in the past few years an epidemic when it comes to even depression, anxiety, and even yeah. suicide in the life of pastors. Yeah. Um, some that are some, some that are leaving ministry because they're looking at what everybody else has and they want to they want that same thing and they're wondering why am I not getting that why am not am I not doing this why is this not the way that I want it want it to be and so identity is a is a big thing that um, and it's not it's any leader it's any it's in any vocation it's in any job it's in any marriage right you know because yeah. we we like to project our best self on there. You know, um, and, and I will, I'll say this too, like, even if you're that type of person where you're like, well, you know, what? I'm going to be real and I'm going to post how my day is really, but bro, it's still a lot worse it's, than that. <laughs> like, like, don't even, yeah. like, you not, probably put oh, makeup yeah. on, you probably <laughs> yeah. cleaned that portion of your house. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. Yeah. You're wearing Lululemons. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know that, so that, that's a thing that, yeah, I, I have some a lot. Um, and I think realizing that number one, um, it's not just social media. It's, it's at large. Mm -hmm. When I, when we planted our church, uh, Justine and I talk about it all the time, but I lived in this season at at first that everything was contingent upon my actions and my doing. Um, it was all about me. Like if I'm not there, if I don't show up, if our, you know, if our, if our team doesn't show up, if my, if our lead pastor at the time doesn't show up, then everything's going to fall and crumble. Wow. Um, and but in our defense, we were church planners. Yeah. And so that's a lot of part. <laughs> so in a way, part. it was true. Yeah. It was <laughs> riding on our shoulders in but, some sense. But yeah. as the church yeah. continued to grow and as God blessed, um, and as we took a step back and, and saw him do some amazing things, despite our inability to be good enough at times, mm-hmm. um, it allowed us to see that, man, it's not about me, that God's activity was happening way before we got here. Mm-hmm. And we're just riding the wave of his activity. Yeah. And it's going to keep going way after we're gone. You know, yeah. it's not about us. I love how Rick Warren starts the beginning portions of his book, The Purpose Driven Life. He starts yeah. it off by saying, it's not about you. <laughs> and we had, to, we had to teach ourselves that. And it takes you out of, of comparison yeah. and it allows you to focus on the one who's actually in control. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's so good. Yeah. We, yeah. We've actually never talked about this, but like within our logo, the intentional thriver, all the eyes are actually lowercase. Mm-hmm. And that's again, very intentional mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, again, yeah. like you said, it's, yeah. it's not about us. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking a little bit uh, earlier about like the difference between, you know, joy and happiness. And again, not that they're like, not that those things can't be, together um, at times, but you know, they are unique things at at the same time. Like, can you talk a little bit kind of along those lines about the difference between kind of chasing the idea of, of happiness or again, I, I don't want to assume, but it would seem like that is something that maybe a lot of people in Vegas are trying to do. I mean, really culturally across, Mm -hmm. across the country. I mean, again, maybe it's a little bit more advertised in Vegas of like, I'm, I'm chasing this thing that's going to make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Or I'm chasing, like I said, status stuff, whatever it may be. Can you talk about the difference, um, between like that idea of like, I'm chasing after the idea of happiness versus within your observations and experiences, like finding true, lasting, authentic happiness Mm -hmm. in our, in our lives. 
Yeah, we were kind of talking about this earlier. Um, I've been reading this book, uh, Restless, by Jenny Allen, with just my our leadership team, and she quotes Saint Augustine. Yeah. And what does he say? He says, we're restless. Us, yeah, you've made us for yourself, mm-hmm. and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Yeah. And so when mm-hmm. people come to us because you know they have depression or they're struggling through a marriage and really tough times, like we shouldn't be surprised, right? Because we weren't meant for this world. We're just mm-hmm. passing through, and we're spending eternity somewhere else. And so, you know, some of our races, like you said, the word chasing that action verb, um, we're all runners and some of us are at the starting line. Some of us have just had an injury. Maybe we're sitting out Mm. and some of us are close to the finish and it's never, life is never a sprint. It's not that 50 yard dash. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so when we do go through life, um, just thinking about that and yeah, we can get distracted, right? We can go off on a detour, um, But just knowing that when we do have that emptiness, when we're chasing things that don't really matter, don't have lasting, um, you know, significance in eternity, I think it's just a reminder we weren't meant for this world Mm -hmm. and something bigger, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not always a bad thing, that empty feeling, I think, Mm -hmm. because we've all done it. We've all chased things that um, they weren't the main thing and we came back empty. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's powerful. That is. Man. Couldn't have said that better. Couldn't have said any better. Yeah. Don't, really don't even try. Don't even try. Preach. Justine's got it. Yeah. I mean, when she's quoting St. Augustine, I like. <laughs> oh, I quoted Jenny Allen. He yeah. Sure, 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 sure. But, same diff. Know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I did that that Bible study right after. It came out like right after COVID, right? Or like yeah. during or something. Yeah. And it was it was very powerful yeah. in my, my walk. So. so last question I have for you guys. One of my favorite yep. questions. What does it mean to each of you? I mean, our podcast is called The Intentional Thriver. Like, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to intentionally thrive in your life? That's a good question. A really good question. I'm all about um, uh, leadership development. I want to see other leaders uh, grow. Mm. Uh, I want to see other leaders do. I want to see other leaders be. Um, actually, one of one of my roles here in the city, um, so I, I oversee teaching at our, at, at our North Campus, but then at the same time, um, on the executive level, I oversee uh, missions and church planting uh, for a church. So whenever we've got a new church planner that wants to do a residency with us, um, take them under my wing, get him get him ready, situated. They'll do a nine to twelve month residency. Uh, they'll get hands on ministry experience, and then we'll get them plugged in, plant a church. We'll support them. We'll get them connected, and then send them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I also oversee missions, global and local. And so oh, nice. it comes to mission trips, when You're it comes to, to missionaries. Yeah, I'm actually next next, uh, next third Friday nice. flying out to Montreal. We're taking a trip uh, to, oh. to Montreal. There's a, a church out there that we've been supporting um, for almost seven years now, and they're doing amazing things. La Chapelle, which is the chapel in French. And so um, I'm excited about that. But oh, that's, cool. that's a great, great church. And so we get to take a team. But anyways... Um, one other thing I do in the city is I work with an organization called the Send Network, which is the organization that planted us um, through the Southern Baptist Convention. And I get to oversee all of our assessments here in Vegas. So I'm the assessment director. And so whenever we have church planters that want to plant a church anywhere in North America, they've got to go through a Send Network assessment. It's a two-day intensive retreat where we're, um, we're, we're gauging their emotional health. I mean, we've got counselors there. We're gauging their mental health. We're gauging their spiritual health. We're working with the spouse. We're making sure that they're ready. We yeah. we have them cast vision. So they're sitting in front of a team and they're casting their vision 
Um, if you can cast vision, then you can plant a church if you know. And so we have them do all of that. And it's a two day intensive preaching, all of that. Um, so I kind of oversee that wow. and it brings me joy because I don't think, I don't feel like I'm called to plant another church, mm. please Lord. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, but someone's got to scrub them toilets. <laughs> right, bro. Exactly. Exactly. But, but I love investing in church planters. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to continue to see leaders rise up. Mm. I want to continue to see more churches planted. Um, I want to see more, more, more people step out and to say, man, I'm ready. And it could be any, any type of, uh, uh, capacity of work. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love raising up leaders within, you know, any type of workforce that they're in. And so I want to, I want to see that. I, and, and the more I see that, I feel like God is using us to thrive in our capacity when we give again, going back to that accumulating and, yeah. and it's, better, it's better to give than to get. Um, we're all about wanting to give what we have so that others can grow so that others can know, and then so that others can live, um, uh, better. And mm-hmm. so leadership development is a big thing. You know, it's, it's an important thing. Craig Rochelle says leadership is influence. And so how are we influencing others mm-hmm. to grow? How are we in- influencing others to love? How are we influencing others to be yeah. everything that God called them to be? And so we want to plant more churches. You know, I'm all about that. We, want to plant more campuses and, and so we've got visions and dreams and and, and and all of that you know and so I think a lot of us think to ourselves well if we're dealing with something difficult or if we're facing oppression or if we're facing um, setbacks then it must not be what I'm supposed to be doing mm. and um, you know we always think to ourselves well maybe I need a new job maybe I need a new position maybe I need a new spouse maybe I need new kids maybe I need a new state you know and I think the issue is not um, it's not it's not a positional change but I think it's a perspective change mm-hmm. um, I really do think that's something that God has really taught me in in you know we've only been in ministry for 10 years that might be a lot for some but it might not be for for others it might be not as much but um, you know, you think to your, we've thought to ourselves, well, yeah, the you know, going back to social media, everything that we talked about, um, the, the grass is greener. Mm. Well, I, I love what Craig Rochelle again, he says that he says the grass is greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. That's right. The grass is greener where you water it. And so maybe the issue is not that you need to, you need to do something different. It's that you just need to start watering your grass so that you can, uh, have the right perspective mm. rather than a different, different position. And so, um, I don't even know why I said that, but no, I, I great. just, you know, I love it. That's good to hear. I mean, literally today we're like, is God trying to tell us something yeah. with two oh, strikes yeah, going like on? Two, you like, know, this is a yeah. historic strikes. Like the last time the yeah. writers guild was on strike was like 2008. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It's been a minute. And it's like, now we've got that and the actors guild yeah. on. So on that was strike. for us. And yeah, no, that, that <laughs> wasn't for the other three people listening. <laughs> yeah. That was Correct. just yeah, for yeah. us. That's just for these two people. listening. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. <laughs> Thank you. That's good, man. So Justine, for you, like, what does that mean to intentionally thrive in your life? Yeah, I think of like the times I haven't thrived. And those are probably the times where I've like, just gone 100%. And I'm like, I want this to be a success. So like, Mm. most recently, I'm the women's ministry director. Mm -hmm. So like, I think having priorities, because when I don't have priorities, I've seen where I failed in the past. Mm, Or I'm a piano teacher, but I'm also a mom of three. And then I'm my own person, but I'm also Nathan's wife. And yeah. that comes with a lot of baggage. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> as a pastor's wife. 
and I go through some, you know, tough times because yeah. of that, my association. Um, so I truth. do claim yeah. him. No, it's the truth. But yeah, in the times of my life where I haven't been driving, even though I've been like great in one area, like, man, I've gone to this teacher conference. I feel amazing about my piano studio. And I'm just like on, right? Yeah. But maybe I'm failing in my marriage. So for me, like, I used to say it was just, okay, good balance, balance, everything balance. But recently just the word priority has come to my mind and just like God first a second and then our kids. And so just being intentional about like not throwing up on Nathan all the time, but like going and getting my yearly mental health checkup. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like tonight before we hopped on with you guys, we went out for Thai food. Right. And it's like, man, how many weeks has it been since we've been on a date? Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. Normalize it. Normalize it. But intentionally doing those things. Absolutely. And we've even seen as a family, just um, practicing Sabbath and, certain guardrails we've had to put up. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we hang out with people, it's usually Friday night, the Saturday, like we're ready for game day Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so just certain things that we have to say no to is there's a lot of good things, but not all things are God things, you know? Yeah. And that's cliche, but it's so true. When we say no to certain things, we're saying yes to our family, we're mm-hmm. saying yes to us. So 100%. we've learned that sometimes a hard way, but we've learned it.